Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to our first podcast for Term 2 as we look at ecclesiology, or in simple words, churchology, a theology of the church. Now, why is this such an important thing to think through? Especially when you consider, you know, we can sit here and be eggheads on this topic, or of course, we could just get out there and be the church and do the things the church is meant to do. There are so many lost people around us who need the gospel. And there are so many people within the church that need growing. And of course, but I would say that it's not an either or. In fact, it's really important that we get our thinking about church as right as we can, because this will order our life together. It will actually really affect the way that we grow together and really affect the way that we reach out to the lost. As we saw on Sunday as well, uh, ecclesiology or churchology is something very close to God's heart. After all, it's Jesus who's building the church. The church was bought with his precious blood. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The church is how the manifold wisdom of God is brought to bear upon the earth. And the church is the family of God in which every tribe, every tongue, every nation is going to be represented. And so this is something that's really close to God's heart. Now, it's not a matter of central importance. We looked at that illustration of the table on the weekend. This isn't something that's in the middle of the table, but nor is it off the table. It's somewhere to the side, and of course, its impacts will be felt more at the center on things like the gospel and the divinity of Christ and so on. Um, it's a, an issue that won't affect our salvation necessarily, but is really worth thinking through because it really may impact on our Christian growth. And besides, as uh, one of the, the folks said on Sunday, if someone gets this wrong and, and thinks that actually it's okay not to be part of a church, then they are really putting their salvation at great risk. So it behooves us to think hard and long about what the church is, where the church is, who the church is, and why the church is. Now, in terms of what the church is, we noted on Sunday that it can be a little bit difficult to actually define the church. It's a bit of a slippery concept. For example, we looked at the etymology of the word church. The German word that underlies our word church is Kirche. Hope I'm saying that right. I remember that Scott Perry Jones picked me up on Sunday. He actually has some German under his belt. Um, Kirche, I think is right. And uh, that's the German word that actually refers more to a building rather than a people. So not a very helpful word. Whereas in the Bible, we get this Greek word, ekklesia. Ekklesia, which has two parts. Ek, meaning out of or out from, and klesia, referring to being called. We were a called out people. We are called out from the world, called out from sin, uh, called out from Satan, his kingdom, uh, and instead called into the mercy and love and power and wisdom of God, called into holiness in the power of Christ Jesus. And so better to think of us less as a kirche, a building, and more of an ecclesia, a called out people. What more could we say about what the church is? Well, a lot of people talk about Matthew 18. Wherever two or three are gathered, there I am in their midst. Isn't that enough to say? Well, as we saw on Sunday, no, that's not quite enough. 
Uh, Matthew 18 is actually talking about church discipline, not a definition of what church is. So it's not enough to say just wherever two or three Christians get together, you've got a church. We need to say something more. Now, next week, we're going to get into a, a couple more concrete definitions of what church actually is. What are the sort of boundary lines around this concept? But as we saw on Sunday, uh, there are a few things in the background that it's worth taking stock of uh, as we think about this concept of church and how to define it. The first is, what's the best approach? Is the best approach to think about church as what it does or church as what it is? Is it is the definition functional or is the defini definition ontological, if you want the egghead words? In terms of the functional side of things, what the church does, we might talk about the church fulfilling the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations. We might talk about the church um, creating a, a sense of family, a sense of belonging, uh, a sense of mutual encouragement and even healing between each other. Uh, we might talk about the teaching function of the church as the word is opened and explained. There's all sorts of things we could talk about when it comes to the church doing. What about the church being? What is the church? Less about the verbs, more about the adjectives. And you might remember from the Nicene Creed that we looked at in church history last term, we had these four words. Do you remember what they were? The church is one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. The church is one, that is, uh, even though we have many denominations and many different local expressions, really there is one body of Christ, one universal, invisible church across all time and place. Uh, the church is holy. We're meant to be holy as God is holy and represent him to the earth. Uh, we are Catholic, not Roman Catholic, of course, but universal is what that means. Across all time and place, across all social strata, cultural groups, ethnicities, and so on. And we're apostolic. Again, not that we have apostles today, but we stand in lockstep with the apostolic witness recorded for us in the scriptures. We don't see Jesus physically or see his resurrection and his death physically, but the apostles did, and they passed that message on to us. We continue to believe and preach and, and grow in that message. So we are apostolic in that sense. Which of these do you lean more towards? The functional definition, the, the what the church does, or the being definition, what the church is? I think the better approach is actually the second. Um, otherwise, you're kind of putting the cart before the horse. It's no good to sort of talk about what the church does without first taking stock of what the church is. As Rob often calls it, we need to put imperatives before indicatives. Uh, sorry, the other way around, actually. Hopefully you caught that. We need to put indicatives before imperatives. Uh, the is before the does. The adjectives and nouns before the verbs. So uh, first question we need to think about is, what's our approach? The best approach is thinking about what the church is. Now, coming to that question, we need to think about the whole witness of Scripture, not just the New Testament, but also the Old Testament. What do we do with the Old Testament today? There's something that sits in the background behind this question. How sort of continuous is the Old Testament law and the Old Testament models about the people of God? How much does that apply to our idea about the church today? Are we a people in the same way that Israel was a people? Or are we different? Big thing to think about. 
And I wonder where you sit on that um, line that we've been, that, that I, I talked about with you on Sunday, that line between discontinuity and continuity. And at the far ends, you've got absolute discontinuity in which there's no connection between the Old Testament and New Testament when it comes to church. And then absolute continuity in which many of the laws and models really just apply straight away or at least symbolically to the people of God today. Now, between those two, you, of course, have moderate positions, moderate discontinuity, moderate continuity, and both of those make a lot more sense than those are the extremes. Uh, be worth you going back and taking a look at your notes on Sunday just to think again, uh, where do you sit on that one? Do you think more that there's moderate continuity in that more of the Old Testament models and law apply to us than they don't? For example, yes, the ritual and ceremonial law doesn't apply, but the moral law really does. Uh, when it comes to the principle of Sabbath, God still wants us to take weekly rest, for example. God still wants us to tithe our money, for example. Uh, or perhaps he still wants us to baptize infants, just like circumcision was meant to include infants, and baptism is a continuation of that. Do you sit more on that side of things? Or do you sit more on the side of things of moderate discontinuity in which you say, well, yes, there are the spirit or the morals of the Old Testament law and models may still apply to us today. But really, in terms of how to to practice that application, we only want to go with what's clearly and explicitly unpacked for us in the New Testament. So, for example, where Jesus says in uh, in Matthew chapter 19 that Moses said, uh, here's the things about divorce and, and what to do and what, when you can divorce. Um, and so he really says that's, that law is still in effect in a way. Uh, the law around you should not divorce unless for these reasons. Uh, and so um, someone might say, uh, well, that, that shows that that element of the Old Testament law still does apply for us today. On the other hand, we might say that, well, there's nothing about circumcision and and nothing really clearly pointing to baptism of infants being a New Testament command. And so we shouldn't continue doing those things. That's not something in the Old Testament that carries through today. The Sabbath might be a good idea, uh, the, the principle of rest, but it's not something that Jesus really specifically affirms or the New Testament specifically affirms as a command from God for us to continue in today. So I wonder which of those you sit more with, moderate continuity or moderate discontinuity. We'll probably pick up on those things a little bit next week and, uh, and just sort of trail off our discussion before jumping into another background topic, how sufficient is Scripture? Big ones. Uh, and then, of course, next week we'll, we'll jump through a, a couple of definitions of what church actually is. Really looking forward to seeing you there and uh, digging into all that we will this term. Thanks, guys.